Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is September the 18th, 2022. It's Sunday for me. Hopefully you've been having a good one. Hopefully you're well. Uh, Let's see, for me, I got another Food Corner update. You know, I love to give you a, a nice you know, Saturday night, more or less meal. That was really rad. Uh, I went to Chameleon, which was awesome. Got to hang out with some homies. Good time, good time, good time. Actually, I have two food corners. We're going to we're gonna work it backwards. Uh, I went to Chameleon, and I got a stromboli for the first time, pepperoni stromboli, and a slice of cheese pizza. And I will say, stromboli was very, very good. Um, it was, you know, I didn't, it wasn't like anything too fancy or anything like that, but I guess it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, better ingredients, better pizza, you know, type, type shit. Um, I enjoyed it though. Very yummy. It came with like a marinara sauce for the dipping. So on all good action, good on go. And then also I had some chicken thigh stir fry. And it was very good. Uh, one of my friends made it and made it for like the house, and it was really awesome. And you know, with some rice, so it was very yummy. Um, and then a snack thing I tried. I was at the grocery store, and I'm a sucker for some, you know, some snack food, some little fatty. I got um, these thing called unicorn cakes. Oh, excuse me. And they are just little bars. But they are like cupcakey. Yeah, I, I, they're pretty much like a like they're like a zebra cake, but they're in a bar form, and it's like strawberry on the inside, and icing. So I was like, "All right, you got me. This is fine. I mean, I'm gonna eat them, no doubt." Um, and then I don't know if I mentioned this kind of offbeat. I don't, I don't think I mentioned in the other episode. Uh, there were Sour Patch Kids all cherries, and I tried those. And those are interesting. Uh, the best way I've been able to describe them is they're like if you could eat the cherry flavored, like the, <laughs> the cherry scented uh, car freshener, like that smell. It's like if you could eat that smell, that's what they taste like. And I'll let you determine whether that's good or bad. <laughs> uh, but all in all, it's a good time. I've been doing well. Things are well. Um, let's get into some news. Let's start with some unwell things that people have been up to. I got this from the AZ Central. Phoenix Suns team owner Robert Sarver suspended for one year, fined $10 million after NBA investigation. So, some things have come to light, uh, over the owner of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury teams. I guess it's been a lot of just toxic work environment. And a lot of it, you know, was like racially motivated kind of stuff. Then also misogyny. So, and it was all kind of like, you know, stemming, you know, from Sarver and, you know, just him doing things, you know, interacting with the people in the franchise. You know, whether it be, you know, I imagine staff, obviously team member, you know, teammates, you know team players i don't know <laughs> sports ball sorry but um you know just a, it's very uncomfortable very troubling you know shit for sure um let's see here 
Um, he's also going to have to do a program as well. So, I mean, well, there's a lot of statements and stuff. Um, let me see if I can go through one. I guess we can start with from Sarver himself. Um, he has the, like, he's denied the allegations, but, um, he did, you know, make a statement. Uh, good leadership requires accountability, uh, for the Suns and Mercury organization that begins with me. While I disagree with some of the particulars of the NBA's report, I would like to apologize for my words and actions that offended our employees. I take full responsibility for what I have done. I am sorry for causing this pain, and these errors in judgment are not consistent with my personal philosophy or values. Yeah, okay, that's what he said. That's that's a quote. Uh, I do like that it is um, worded in this article that $10 million is the maximum that is permitted by the NBA uh, constitution and laws. So in other words, that there's enough evidence here, there's enough found here, you know, through testimonies and, you know, interviews with people, you know, throughout this investigation that showed that he, this was warranted, that he needed to be punished to the full extent of what we could do. So, and also the money gets donated to like nonprofits by the NBA, I believe. So that's like, you know, some good things. But let's see, there's some details about like him getting the company in the article, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I want to kind of get into some of the findings. Here we go. So Sarver, on at least five occasions during his tenure with the Suns Mercury organization, repeated the N-word when recounting the statements of others. Uh, Sarver engaged in instances of inequitable conduct towards female employees, made many sex-related comments in the workplace, made inappropriate comments about the physical appearance of female employees and other women, and on several occasions engaged in an inappropriate physical conduct toward male employees. Sarver also engaged in demeaning and harsh treatment of employees, including yelling and cursing at them. So, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to be leveled up against a person, and to more or less be found to be true, that's pretty heavy. Um... Let's see. Also, he has a one-year suspension. I don't think I said that, actually. But, um, you know, getting into that, like, what does that mean? How does that affect him? Because I was curious about that because I'm like, well, you're an owner. So does that mean you just get to – you just have to sit at home and you just, you're just you just watching the games or whatever? Like, what is the extent? Like, what does that stop you from doing for this, you know, one year? Uh, we can go through this list. Uh, he cannot be present at any NBA or WNBA team facility, including any office, arena, or practice or practice facility. Uh, he cannot attend or participate in any NBA or WNBA event or activity, including games, practices, or business partner activity. He cannot represent the Suns or Mercury in any public or private capacity. Uh, he cannot have any involvement with the business or basketball operations of the Suns of Mercury. Uh, he also cannot have any involvement in the business, govern governance, or activities of either the NBA or WNBA. And he cannot participate in any of the league meetings or board uh, committee meetings and stuff like that. So 
you know, that's a lot to be iced out on for sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm assuming he's going to keep the company. He's not going to probably trade it off. Um, let's see here. Um, and then there's a longer list here, but I don't want to get too bogged down in it. But, you know, essentially the NBA is going to definitely, you know, continue to, you know, monitor the situations, make sure things are going to be upheld. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you guys know I'm not too much into the sports stuff, but when any kind of thing that pops up that, you know, is an issue like this, it's going to get my attention. And, and I definitely wanted to, you know, talk about it and be aware I do like that, you know, the NBA is at least doing something. Uh, but at the same time, you know that this stuff's going to keep on going. Sadly, it's going to, you know, keep on happening. You know, you wonder if this is just one of those kind of, you know, campaign pushes to say, hey, you know, we're doing this safe face. We do this like once every, you know, five, ten years and people think we're doing a good job. And it's like, yeah, but time will tell. Um, and some more fuckery. Uh, got this from Yahoo News, also CBS News. Uh, GOP Senator Lindsey Graham proposes nationwide 15-week abortion ban. So I was really kind of on the fence on, like, did I want to cover this one? Did I really want to talk about it? But it is one of those things where I feel like it is once again the conversation is put up into the spotlight because it's not going to be over, you know, uh, you know, where we are definitely living in a post row world, you know, abortions are now being fought at a very high aggressive state to state level now. And, you know, that was more or less the proposal from the Supreme Court. They're like, hey, you know, we shouldn't be involved in these kind of things. But now Lindsey Graham has more or less come up with a plan. Um, and I mean, granted, this is most likely not going to pass, but essentially changing it, um, like I guess there was initial plan of 20 weeks of pregnancy but um, let's see, what is this thing called? Uh, Protecting Pain-Capable Unborn Children from the Late-Term Abortions Act. Uh, it's a new measure that would prohibit doctors from performing abortions five weeks, or, yeah, five weeks earlier in a pregnancy, after 15 weeks. It excludes exceptions for abortions that are necessary to save the life of the mother or pregnancy, um, that is a result of rape or incest and would leave untouched state laws that are more restrictive. So essentially, he wants to just put this on the board so that it's like, look, we want to have an actual law that reflects that we don't like abortion or we don't like abortion past this number, 15 weeks. And it's definitely a weird time to kind of plant this flag. Uh, let's see, we can have, I want to read the quote from Graham. Abortion is not banned in America. It's left up to the elected officials in America to define the issue. States have the ability to do it at the state level, and we have the ability in Washington to speak on this issue if we choose. I've chosen to speak. I've chosen to craft legislation that I think is eminently reasonable in the eyes of the world, and I hope the American people. So, 
uh, he's really trying to hammer it on. I feel, I think it, it, this is, you know, me and my personal opinion, speculation, whatever. I think it's a bad time to try this, but I guess maybe if you're trying to rile up a base of something of sorts, that'll, that'll do something. But my thing is, it's like, this is kind of proven, especially since, you know, the primary, you know, elections in Kansas, like, look, people are going to come out and vote just on abortion alone. You know, lots of women, lots of people affected by, you know, potential abortion bans, like they're going to come out to vote just on this issue. And to really come out and hammer it home is really intense, I would think. It's really a kind of uh, controversial play. And other Republicans have seemingly agreed with that. Uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has uh, declined to comment bringing the bill to the floor. Uh, But um, he's like, hey, you know, you can talk to him about that. Let's see, he has a quote. I think most of the members in in my conference prefer that this be dealt with at the state level. So more or less echoing what the supercharged fucking Supreme Court are saying. Like, hey, this isn't really our bag. We should let them handle it. But I think this is something that does give Lindsey Graham points. You know, I think it gets him some attention in the spotlight, which I think he likes and feels like he might need. Um... Also, I think it's something that it'll loom in the air. So, like, yeah, people don't want to touch this right now. It's cold fucking product right now. But let's say midterms go well for the Republicans. And let's say even further down the line, 2024, Biden's no longer in office. Let's say we have Trump. Let's say we have whoever that's a Republican potentially. Well, now we can have this conversation. And... To me, that's where it really fucking is scary because if those hype, you know, hypothetical situations all do come to pass, then yes, something like this is easily gets lobbed through. Easily happens. And it's already something that, like, I think there's a lot of moderate people. If you do actually get them on the street or whatever, in an, in an, like, in in a poll or what have you, I do think they're like, oh, well. Maybe we shouldn't have abortion past this number or that number or whatever. And I think as long as you have that conversation in the mix, which I think is kind of an inevitable thing, then people go, okay, well, then that's the number. And they start there and they make the the foothold there. And then they try to work it down and they try to work it down and they try to work it down until eventually you cannot have abortion. So... I don't know. I, I I honestly understand this is a matrix of a conversation to get into and get through, but I personally think abortion should just be legal. That's what that's what I think. That is me, Isaiah the podcaster, saying that's me. <laughs> um, you know, I think a fifteen week ban I think is unnecessary. I don't think you need this period. I think if things stand as they are, it's going to just be blocked and laughed out anyway. You already have even at least one or two Republicans right now that are like, no, like there should be some level of abortion. So that's just the way that that is. And that's their stance. So I don't think something like this is anything more than theatrics, which was once again why I kind of didn't really want to get into it. But it is the big kind of theatrics that does get national attention and I do think it's something that should be talked about. I think that you got to get through the bullshit on this kind of stuff. And um, 
yeah, I mean, I personally do not fucking like Ham and Biscuits, Lindsey Graham, but, you know, he's gonna exist, so he's gonna try this shit. Other Republicans are gonna try this shit, so... But I will say it, it, it has been interesting to see Republicans kind of scramble right now because they don't feel solidified with um, the midterms coming up this year. And uh, that's a good thing. So it's been it's been interesting to see some of the reactions and stuff like that. So I want to get some coverage there. Now we're going to move on to some Twitter news. Got this from Reuters. Twitter whistleblower reveals employees concern or um, concerned China agent could collect user data. So this is about the whistle the whistle the whistleblower. Uh, let's see if I can get the name right. Peter Mudge Zatko, and he's a fame hacker who also served at, as Twitter's head of security. Um, but he was fired in January and he's has come out with a lot of just like claims saying like, look, Twitter is definitely rife with spam. Like it's, it's unchecked. It's uncontrolled. They, they have more or less tried to hide the numbers and really do some concealing. But then more importantly, and I think this is kind of something that kind of drove me to actually want to cover it was the China government involvement potentially uh, essentially he's been come out and saying like hey look we potentially have chinese you know agents working at the company and he's ha- alleged that um you know the executive I, I believe he's actually said um i cannot get his name right agnwal um had no or let's see parag agarwal i tried again okay <laughs> Um, he lets that he's like, okay, yeah, but you know, if we're already in bed, we should just kind of like, what can we do? We can't get out of it. We guys got to keep going. You know, we got to try to make money. And I don't know how real or fake some of these statements are that Zacco has made, but you know, he has made it all the way up to Congress to make these statements. And I've definitely seen a little bit of Elon Musk, you know, you know, snickering in the background on his Twitter account, you know, sharing this and that meme or whatever. Um, But at the same time, kind of from reading this article, it definitely doesn't seem that it's going to make too much waves in terms of his, um, you know, lawsuit situation with Twitter right now. And also it's in this article, which I'm glad they kind of put it in, that um, the Twitter executives have kind of like, I guess the shareholders and all that kind of stuff, they officially came together and said, yo, we still want this deal to happen. Like, so we're all signing off on it. And so essentially meaning like, look, it is going to be held up on our end. So we want to make sure that Elon Musk holds it up on his end, which means like, hey, you're going to buy this $44 billion company off of us. And if you don't, you're going to be on the hook for it. So it, it adds more stakes to the uh, lawsuit trial thing coming up in Delaware next month, actually. So interesting shit. Um, like I said, I I don't know. It, it is one of those things where I do think there's a certain level of belief here. I, I do think that it's very possible that Twitter is so big and hard to manage, I'm imagining, and they probably are not putting in the money to do the proper security and do the proper vetting that 
these kind of situations are like are like like can happen in. I think he did describe a situation where he's like, look, you know, you have senators on Twitter. You have celebrities, all kinds of people. Like there was a whole Bitcoin scam with like Kanye West and essentially, you know, he was hacked and then just spam botted a bunch of like Bitcoin, you know, bullshit. And, you know, people potentially were were probably not. No, not potentially. People were defrauded out of money and stuff from that. Um, but imagine, you know, a situation where uh, an actual politician's Twitter was hacked and manipulated, used, not to mention all the information from that um, Twitter account was then accessed. So now you know exactly where this person lives, you know, what they're searching on Twitter, what they're doing, potentially other linked websites so, like, really, la- like, laying this all out, it's very scary. It's very unsettling. And honestly, I think that part is very true. Like, I don't want to dissuade that or anything like that. I think the concern is real. Um, I just wonder how much of it is, like, you know, is this a jilted employee or an honest-to-blog, you know, whistleblower? And I-, I think time will tell a bit here. And, you know, maybe people who do know maybe more on the situation can totally come and check me on that. You know, I'm here. I'm ready to sit down and listen, Okay. But um, I don't know. I, I do think there's a little bit of like, hey, personal gang, a little personal like get back here. But at the same time, if you were fired for trying to tell people the right thing, that's fucked up. And I can understand like saying, no, I do. Like, this is what I do. And I, I think that is also to say part of his background. I mean, he is a he is a hacker, but he is a type of person where he made it to all the way to being a part of DARPA. So you're doing cybersecurity research and stuff like that. So, I mean, you're doing white hat kind of stuff. So I could see it's like, look, you guys are and, – and also Twitter has tried to disperse, like, besmirch him, like really shit on his name and say he wasn't really up to, up to par and that's why we did like let him go. And it's like, no, he's like saying like, hey, it's because I was trying to tell you guys we have a lot of issues, a lot of holes here and we need them fixed. And they said, well, we're not going to. And, you know, the more of a stink he made – you know, potentially led to him getting fired. So it was very interesting. I kind of wanted to see where it would lead to. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I don't know if there's going to be more here per se, but I do know, obviously come October, there's definitely going to be some more, you know, Twitter news with, uh, the trial coming up. So, you know, I'll be on it. Cause you know, I'm a Elon Musk hater. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to some other news. I got this from TMZ, which, you know, I don't love getting news from TMZ. It's like kind of reaching to the sewer and getting some stuff and hope you don't get stuck by a needle. But here we are. You know, this is kind of the quickest I could could get, easiest I could get to kind of just read and decipher. So here we are. Um, But let's see. Oh, gosh. Even the title is gross. (laughs) Okay, hold on. All right. Uh, R. Kelly. Guilty R. Kelly guilty of child pornography in Illinois federal trial, not guilty on seven other counts. So R. Kelly was found guilty of six of thirteen charges he faced in Illinois federal in an Illinois federal case. Um let's see. There also is an update that is saying from the sentencing, which I'm you know is gonna come down in uh weeks you know, to come, 
it's going to range from like 10 to 90 years. And that's going to be on already his 30 years that he's already served, like set to serve right now. Um, from the previous case we've covered or previous trial. So, you know, there was some to do, but essentially, I guess the long short I can give you on the trial, this was over the, um, the videotaping. So, you know, the recordings that he had of all of this, these encounters, all of these acts and stuff, they were like, okay, yeah, that's, you know, pornography, potentially child pornography. So, um, more or less, I think those were things he was charged for, but, um, some of the things he wasn't, or he was acquitted for was, uh, charges of conspiracy and enticement. So, you know, I don't know if that's just, you know, the jury may be taking it easy. I don't know, but I feel like, you know, what he's set to face, he's definitely going to be no matter what. I mean, he's already on the hook for the 30, like we said, so potentially 40 years total but then again you know with the whole good behavior bullshit or whatever the more he gets put on a sentence the better so you know that is the optimistic hope for this kind of situation um actually it was funny i I actually was randomly talking about a friend because it is one of those things where um when it comes to the music and the art and the artist, you know, how do you differentiate? Do you just throw the whole fucking thing out, you know, or not? And I don't know if this is me being boomer pilled or not. I think it is one of those things where I don't necessarily say, oh, okay, I'm going to just walk out of the reception when I hear, you know, R. Kelly or step in the name of love or some shit. I don't know. Um, I think that's definitely going to be, you know, one of those hotbed topics that people are going to discuss and and have on the internet and and maybe you know real life or over the dinner table you know for ages to come i don't know but um definitely keep you posted when the sentence does happen you know we've kind of been lightly covering it since the big trial but um yeah then um got one last story here before the break i guess you could say i don't know it was cloaked as good news but i feel like i don't know i not that like, oh, we finally found the bad part, but um, you know, we're gonna get to it. Yeah, get into it. Yeah. We. Okie dokie. Are right, back. Now, I got this one from The Insider. Um, Patagonia's founder, Patagonia's founder's big donation potentially saves him over $1 billion in taxes. And experts say it shows how the wealthy are able to entirely opt out of taxes. So this is a story about Yvonne Soinard. And um, essentially Wednesday, he came out with a big announcement. Now, if you don't know what Patagonia is, that's fine. That's cool. Actually, I like that you don't know. I can give you a little breakdown. Um, Patagonia is essentially like what I've called phase two North Face. So like, you know, North Face is like, you know, the winter outdoorsy gear, you know, got the little symbol on it, North Face. And, you know, you see that, you know, that's a guy whose mom probably shopped at Eddie Bauer and they probably like hiking and uh, maybe they went on a skiing vacation or something. Like, yeah, they look real cool. They look really nice. And and the gear's nice. Let me not talk too much shit 
Um, but Patagonia, very much the same slice, very much the same kind of vibe. Um, essentially, I guess this, this Stonyard guy, he's like, you know, big into nature, big into being an outdoorsman, you know, believes in the environment, loves in the environment. So he came out on Wednesday saying like, look, I'm stepping down, um, you know, and I want to, um, make some donations and I don't want to profit off of this. Like he's definitely made the idea of like, look, I'm not trying to make a huge benefit here. I don't want to make more billionaires. I don't want to like have my, any of my family step in as like the new CEO, but the company is still going to make money, but I want it to make money so that, you know, it doesn't, it was weird because like the more he kind of got into the details of it, it's like, okay, I get it. I understand what you're trying to say. You're stepping away from the company and you're not trying to like put in the hands of like some bigger corporation or something that's just going to milk it or whatever. Like there's going to be a trust involved. So like the family is going to be a part of it and like have some input, some say, but essentially the company's still going to be profitable and donations and stuff are still going to go to wildlife and preservation and all this kind of good shit. It, it felt really good when you heard it. I think the journal did a better, way better breakdown of this than I could. Um, but essentially, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm glad you've done this. That's super nice. You don't hear this every day. It's nice to hear a billionaire guy saying, hey, I don't want to be a billionaire. Also, another thing I love that they talk about is he's like, he says something like, yeah, I'm not a fancy billionaire. I'm not, like, trying to drive around in a Lexus. And um, and they also add, like, oh, well, he, like, drives a Subaru. And he, like, hasn't even traded it in for anything. He's, like, so base, so wholesome, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, cool, that's nice. But where's the beef? Like, that that's where I'm at. I'm like, I'm missing something here. Like, and, and I even said this because I was talking around with my friends. I'm like... Like, come on, where's the CD juice? Like, where's the, (laughs) I said something a little bit more crass, which I probably shouldn't have said, but I was drinking. But essentially, I was just like, where's the beef, guys? Like, there's no way, like, I'll just say it. I'm like, where's the dead babies? Like, where are they at? Like, what did he do? Where's the beef? And um, I think more or less the beef was he didn't want to pay a billion dollars in taxes. Now, I looked up his net worth. I think essentially he is worth about a billy. Like he said, he doesn't want to be a billionaire. And hey, I can understand why you wouldn't want to also pay that that money in taxes. So I do feel like a lot of this move and a lot of what the article kind of goes into the guts of is explaining like, hey, you can use your money to more or less skirt that part of it. You just kind of have to make a sacrifice. And essentially, that's more or less what he did, was he's rotated some things so that his family is in charge of this trust, and also, the donations are going to offset what he's doing. Now, granted, he's still going to pay some money in taxes, but not nearly as much as he should be paying. Um, They do give an example in this article about um, Barry Seed. Um, he used a, a similar structure to donate his $1.6 billion business to a nonprofit that advocates for conservative causes, including restriction abortion access and appointing conservative judges to the federal bench, according to a report in the New York Times. 
Um, he was able to avoid paying taxes on the sale of his business and an electronic manufacturer called Trip Light by donating it to a nonprofit Marble Freedom Trust. And he got to make sure his pet causes were cared for, uh, much like Chouinard has done with the donation of Patagonia to, uh, to his own nonprofits that he says will advocate for climate change. So it's super cool that he has this like, you know, this altruistic motive and it's really nice. And yeah, we all love the environment. We do want to fight for it and do good things. And I'm sure good things are going to come out of that. But you should pay your fucking taxes, bro. Like, you should just pay your fucking taxes. And then still do that. That's what you should do in your Subaru. Like, (laughs) it makes you no different than Elon Musk to me. Like, it just doesn't. Because don't you understand? Elon Musk does nice, cool fucking shit too. But his blockhead ass will still also just totally con people into more fucking schemes so he can make more fucking money. And guess what? He gets to cloak himself as the good guy. Like, he's fucking Carnegie, who's also a piece of fucking shit. Like, this isn't good behavior. Like, he's right. Billionaires shouldn't exist. <laughs> he's one of them. Like, <laughs> like he's just doing billion- He's doing billionaire things, though, while he says it. So it's just like, whatever, man. Like, um, let's see. Uh, the Time reports... That in transferring the stock to the trust, this is kind of from the Holdfast Collective that he has, uh, like a nonprofit kind of thing or whatever. Uh, the Shillionards are on the hook for $17.5 million in gift taxes. However, they're not going to pay any taxes on the value that stock has accrued since they first accrued it, um, which is called capital gains taxes. Bloomberg estimates that the capital gains tax on the donation could have come in that in at more than a hundred million dollars. So I yeah, I too would rather pay seventeen point five million dollars in gift taxes as opposed to a seven hundred million. And that's just like a part of the numbers here. Like I said, I really don't you know me guys. I don't like to get too bogged down in it. Math is not my thing. I'm I'm more of a words guy. I'm more of a let's talk about it thing. So I don't like talking about words too much. It hurts my head. But um, I definitely employ you guys to like you know do your own research on this kind of stuff. Get into it. Look into it if you want to. Um, but I think we all can kind of tell billionaires are billionaires and they're gonna do billionaire boy bullshit. So um, that's more or less all I got for this episode. Um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a friend. Um, here comes the shill mode. I'm sorry. Uh, patreon.com slash Isaiah news. Um, any donation would help a lot. $5 get you into the, the little like discord group, get you a shout out on the podcast. And what else does it give you? I don't know. We, we can work out perks. If you want me to like talk about a news thing, I can do that for you. You know, we can. We can do this. We can come to an arrangement, you and I. <laughs> uh, free way to hit me up is IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. Also, any cool way to support the podcast would be like, you know, sharing my stuff, talking to a friend. I don't know, whatever. Um, but regardless, I just appreciate you, you know, just showing up. That's pretty cool. So thank you so much for that. I hope you have an amazing week. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.